can you just put the link in the group chat? <laughs> it's Ogan oh, and I, oh, Brian. Yeah. You, you, guys, like you guys. Make it easy for Tina. <laughs> All right. I'll give us a finger countdown. Well, I'll start with five. If you're going to give us a finger, it's like, dude. <laughs> I'm going to do that, and then, oh, FCC, better block that. Episode 23. I have got it. <laughs> Welcome to episode 23 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a pint or other fine beverage. Tonight's episode is brought to you by our official sponsor, Craft Beer Cellar. Craft Beer Cellar is a family of retail craft beer stores focused on amazing beer, hospitality, and education. With 25 locations in 11 states across the country, visit craftbeercellar.com for a location near you. And you can win free beer from Craft Beer Cellar by joining our conversation. You can like us on Facebook, Pub Theology page, or follow us on Twitter at Pub Theology. Use the hashtag PTLive at the end of the month. We will go over your comments and find one that Tina likes. And that, that's pretty much what it is, isn't it? That's kind of pretty much <laughs> what, it, what it is. Uh, and select that one, and you will be the winner of a free gift certificate to craftbeerseller.com and you can check them out online to see what fine selections they have and like Tina said for a location near you you can watch us live uh, Tuesday nights at about 9-ish I say 9-ish because well that's the kind of people we are 9-ish at pubtheology.com or you can listen anytime on iTunes, SoundCloud or any of your favorite podcatchers you know, nine-ish almost could sound a little German. You know, like that's sort of sort of a no. Nine. I don't know any German. Yeah, good try. Thank you. All right. Well, tonight we are discussing Colin Kaepernick's protest. Who isn't discussing that? Was were his actions to sit during the playing of the national anthem because of the treatment of African Americans and minorities in this country? Was that meaningful, misguided, or was he on the money? We'll also ponder whether we consider ourselves more contemplative or active and how we balance those dimensions in our lives and have we ourselves been involved in protesting and uh, what would Jesus protest? So we will we will hit on those things uh, in some sort of order of that sort. My name yeah. is Brian Burkoff. Is, am... is that code for random because we haven't really figured out what we're doing with the script yet? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we are organized ish as well as nine. Organized ish. Nine ish? Organized. We have we have an organized program. We just might throw it out the window. That's all. There you go. We may go off off script. Off script. Well, we're glad you're joining us. My name is Brian Burkoff. I'm a pastor and author of the book Pub Theology. And uh, I'm hanging out here somewhere in West Michigan. Tonight I am drinking, speaking of German, a Wernus Gruner Radler. I really don't know what that is, but there are lemons on the can. <laughs> so I'm, thinking, I'm thinking this might be shandy-ish, and therefore Ogan might like this. There you go. Uh, so good. that's me. With us as usual are Ogan and Tina. Hi, guys. Hi. You want, you want to go, Tina? No. Nope. You no, you, you don't want to go. No, Ryan. you can go first. You mean second? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> uh, I am, uh, yes, Reverend Ogan Holder, Unity on the River in Amesbury, Massachusetts, and uh, author of the book Rants of Revelations. Pick up a copy so I can get that quarterly dollar-something royalty check, um, which I deeply appreciate. And tonight I'm drinking an Alaskan oatmeal stout. This was Ooh. gifted to me by uh, Reverend Rachel Simpson, the Unity of Anchorage, and uh, I saw her in June at the Unity Conference, and she lugged a few bottles all the way from Alaska for me, and I hadn't tried them yet, because for me, a stout is not a great, necessarily a summer beer, and I'm generally not a stout fan. Brian might like it. Um, speaking of beers, the other person might like. 
But yeah, I, and speaking of you going off script, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm willing to try. I'm willing to try it for the first time. I haven't tasted it yet, so. I tell you it's what, almost, she's a good friend. <laughs> like that from Alaska. Nice. Oh my, this is good. I might have to change my views on stouts. Ooh, well done, well done. All right. Um, I'm Tina Simmons, layperson on the show, uh, professional gigger, G- giggler. <laughs> I didn't even drink yet, and I can't speak. <laughs> God help us all. Has and, a professional and, uh, gig. <laughs> and and smartass, according to Ogan. Um, tonight, I'm actually drinking. It is a homemade wine um, made by Will. And... Uh, yeah, match made in heaven. He makes wine. I drink it. So it's a it's a Cabernet. It's a 2014. And on that note, we made um, we made a plum wine last week. That's going to be ready for Christmas. And he just made a nectarine wine last night. So good See, stuff coming. Now I know the real reason you like this guy. <laughs> the wine making before. Now I get it. Some clarity is shed. You know? There's so much more, Ogan. All, <laughs> but it's a good all one. Together. You had me at nectarine wine. You know, right? I saw them together, and I was like, what is going on here? I don't get it. But now I get it. It's all about the wine. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's almost like we traded beers tonight, Ogan. It's kind of strange. We did. We did. But how's your, do you like yours? How's, how's yours going It's now? not bad. You know, it's very light, uh, refreshing, uh, definitely. You can almost see through that thing. <laughs> you almost can. It's uh, it's quite nice, you know, for for summer, and we still have heat and humidity, uh, so yeah. not bad. All right, cool beans. Um, so wait, just, wait before we before we jump in. So so Tina, mm-hmm. him making his own wines. So like, is he like, are we talking from like scratch? He's growing grapes and everything, or no? Um, no, we got the, well, we we got the plums and nectarines from local orchards. All right. Um, from local people, but no, he, when he, I don't, I wasn't around when he made the, uh, the Cabernet and the Chardonnay, but yeah, I think he like orders the grapes from somewhere okay. and picks them up, but he does, he has hops growing in the yard. He makes his own beer with them. Nice. Well done. Now right. Ogan's all of a sudden interested in him too. <laughs> Where there's a, no, I want to date him. <laughs> Where there's a will, there's a way. Right, right. <laughs> all right. Okay, so. Big news this week, uh, other than Gene Wilder passing. May he rest in peace. Yes. Uh, Colin Kaepernick, NFL quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, recently created a bit of a storm when he refused, well, said he will refuse to stand for the national anthem before 49ers games, stating, I'm not going to stand up to show pride in a flag for a country that oppresses black people and people of color. So wondering, do you think he's on to something? Do you, do you agree with his sentiment? Do you agree with his way of expressing that sentiment? And what kind of things have you been hearing on both sides of this conversation? I absolutely agree with um, the sentiment and how he's expressing it because he's doing it peacefully. Um, you know, he's he's it's it's to me it's kind of like a Gandhi move. You know, he's mm. he's making a statement, but he's not doing it in any kind of violent way. And um, you know, that's his right to do. He appreciates being compared to Gandhi, by the way. Does he? <laughs> you asked him. You quick twittered him there. Yep, exactly. Yeah, we're gonna loop him in later. I forgot to tell you that. <gasps> That's not even funny. That would be so cool. Twitter right. there. What did you just say? We tweeted oh, him. Did you tweet him in? <laughs> said, did you twittered him in? See, oh. I should drink before the show so I could speak like an all human being. Apparently, seems to work. All right, so you so you like uh, what he's saying, and you think, yeah, who's he? He's not harming anyone. It's not a violent action. Uh, it's yeah, it's a simple way to make a statement. And and I read that article. I think you posted about the um, the mm. three verses of the national anthem, and we don't sing the last two. And yes, absolutely. If he knew about that third verse, I could totally see where this is all coming from. What I find interesting, though, is that we're getting all this uproar now, and it's not the first time he's done it. Somebody pointed out that oh. in two previous games, he sat down while the anthem was being played. Now, those were games he wasn't actually 
playing, but he was still, you know, with the team, and he sat them out. Apparently, no one noticed. So someone's finally noticed, and uh, this uproar. I think also the uproar is a reflection of this, of this place we find ourselves, where we are confusing patriotism with like nationalism and populism. So, excuse yeah, me. Say more. Say more. So, so um, I'll, I will, I will, I will. I actually did some research. I know, shocker, right? Yes. That means you read the questions ahead of time. Love it. (laughs) Read the question ahead of time. Yes. (laughs) So I love what Kareem Kareem Abdul-Jabbar says about this. Um, Yeah, lay it on us. What did Kareem say? I don't know who he is. um, Former NBA superstar holds a record still for uh, most points ever scored in, in the history of the NBA. And... He wrote an article, an opinion piece in the Washington Post, and he says, one of the ironies of the way some people express their patriotism is to brag about our freedoms, especially freedom of speech, but then brand as unpatriotic those who exercise this freedom to express dissatisfaction with the government's record in upholding the Constitution. So we find ourselves in a place where if anybody expresses like he's saying, exercises their right to free speech by not standing with the national anthem, or even in the most ridiculous sense. During the Olympics, uh, Gabby Douglas took a lot of heat for when the national anthem was playing. She didn't put her hand over her heart, and everybody, you know, got got all upset about that for some particular reason. Um, but but now, whenever we do this, what it, it's it's become, we don't support the troops, or we don't support the military because the troops in the military are out fighting for us. Uh, to preserve our way of life and these freedoms, including the right to free speech, including the right to say, I don't agree with what's happening here. So it is, it is a weird kind of, kind of irony. Um, so yeah, I think, I think what he's doing is drawing attention to, in a good way, drawing attention to himself so he can continue to draw attention to a cause and a real issue. Here's yes, troops out fighting for you know uh, to preserve the freedoms this country has, namely of which is supposedly equality for all. And he's saying, well, this isn't happening. We're not seeing the equality for all, and this is proven that there's not equality for all. So it's kind of like you know, let's let's not pretend that this is the greatest place on earth or let's not pretend that it's all okay. There's stuff going on here. Um, so wait, so, people yeah. were saying that he was bad, that, that it, it meant he was bashing the troops. Oh yeah. Like, Absolutely. That's ridiculous. Where's the correlation there? It, it doesn't even make it's sense. It's called you disrespect the flag, you disrespect yeah. the national anthem and people instantly jump to those who are fighting to defend the flag. Uh, I put, I put, Fighting and defend in air quotes, uh, but maybe I shouldn't have said that. Um, well, some people think that's what's actually happening, um, and and many believe that. And on some level, it's true. But uh, you know, he he went on to say that he um, has utmost respect for the military. He's got family who have fought in the military, so this was an an anti-military yeah, thing. Right. But anytime, you know, like you go to a baseball game, and you know they they acknowledge that somebody in the armed forces retired or currently serving is at the game and everybody's you know gives them a stand and applause and you feel this pressure to have to join in um, and it's kind of like you know I, re- I remember one time I was at a game and they gave they gave his like title his job title and it was I, I leaned over to a friend who was there. He said, "I don't know what that means. Is that like a desk job? Like I don't, I don't know what what his job description was." And again, not to say that he wasn't in service to this country, but but we got to be real careful where we where we equate the two, where we equate the two. So yeah. I mean, yeah. if if we were if we were in a war where our troops were out fighting to keep slavery in this country or to oppress people, then yes, he'd be fighting. Against, I mean, he'd be arguing against what they're doing. But 
It, I just I don't see a correlation between the two at all. And um, and you had said something, Ogan. You said he was drawing attention to himself, but it, he's not. He, he didn't even. He wasn't even doing it to draw attention to himself, was he? I mean, if if he was doing this for well, a while, and and all of a sudden somebody else pointed out, and he got up and said, "Okay, I am doing this. Right. This is why." Well, he. I'm. I'm fairly sure he knew he would be noticed eventually. Like mm -hmm. you don't. You don't be on an NFL team, and there was another article, I think, in The Atlantic that talks about, you know, football is like the national game here. Football has been equated with patriotism and nationalism to the point where, like, football games, I mean, you get military jets flying over. It's, it's you know, there's always someone from the armed forces there as representing, you know, in all the games they bring in the... We got the color guard and so on. So there's this correlation between um, this game, especially, and this happens in other sports. So I'm not singling out football, but between sports and and Americanism, and and right. they that with again nationalism. And if you ever say anything, it, it's like you can say things against the government, you can say things against policies, you can say things about what's going on in this country. You just can't say it at the football game when they're singing the anthem. Like yeah. that, that, that's a no-no. Okay, well, if we're going to follow your lines, all I have to say is technically Dallas is America's team, and if that's the case, everybody's unpatriotic unless they're a Dallas team. I mean, that's as ridiculous as what they're saying about him being against the armed forces. Well, it, I mean, but you see, these things are all conflated in some people's mind. They don't have an ability to tease apart what's what he's saying, what he's doing, because people's nationalism and patriotism are so fused to, to symbols, and so you disrespect the symbol and people suddenly get all out of whack, but these are the same people who don't give a rip if they find out, you know, our military committed some atrocity or, you know, that cops are, you know, killing uh, X number of uh, African Americans. Well, that does, you know, not going to get worked up about that. But, oh my goodness, you sat during a song, which, you know, how dare you? It's just the priorities, in my mind, get all out of whack. And, you know, the, the flag, sure, it's important, but it's a symbol of something. And if someone says it's not, we're not living up to that symbol... I think we ought to, great, let's hear what he has to say. Like, how are we not living up to what that symbol stands for, and what can we do to take steps? So forward? here's the other cool thing. Uh, here's the other cool thing Kareem uh, Abdul-Jabbar wrote in that article. He says, what makes an act truly patriotic and not just lip service is when it involves personal risk or sacrifice. Copernic's choice not to stand during the national anthem could create a public backlash that might cost him millions in future endorsements and affect his value as a player on his team, reducing salary earnings or even jeopardizing his job. So I think that was a great point. He's not just spouting rhetoric. He's doing it in a very visible way and, yes, putting himself at risk. He's in, in, incurred the, the ire of other football players of... Um, teammates of other people in the league, you know, where this is kind of part and parcel of what happens. Let, let's let's compare him then to like a Tim Tebow, where everybody fell in love with Tim Tebow. They were so excited because he stood up for his religion. So, well, not know, everybody he, was excited about not, that. What, but you know what I mean? Like there was this big thing, like, oh wow, you know, good for him. So, why aren't we giving the same treatment now? Because Tebow didn't sit during the anthem. <laughs> yes, and because he was doing the things that make people happy, many of whom are now critiquing yeah. Kaepernick. Right? It's like what we uh, talked about last week with the you know Olympians who professed to be Christians, and everybody got excited. You know, here's right. Tebow playing football, a, a you know a fairly violent sport that has um, players and other sports who sometimes make the headlines for the wrong reasons. And here's, you know, the good old Christian boy in football um, kind of portraying another side to it that people can admire. Um, so I, I saw a lot of comments about, um, and, you know, co comments on these posts are always so, like, 
from the people that are just angry at the world. Um, but I saw a lot of comments about how he's a football player and he should just play football and you know keep his politics out of it. And I'm sitting there thinking, everybody's a human being. Like every whatever, I I just like you know when people criticize like actors and you know like musicians for for putting their politics out there that they're no different than businessmen who did it do it and CEOs let's, you know it's just let's you know, be what? clear Kanye West needs to be criticized Kanye West just needs to be quiet well, there are times and places that's right that's right but I think as as uh, uh, I think it was Kareem said uh, that you know, he is putting something at risk. Like some people are like, oh, you know, he's just grandstanding or he's just drawing attention. He's just, you know, this guy doesn't know what oppression looks like. He makes $17 million to throw a, you know, piece of animal skin around. Um, what does he know about oppression? But he's not saying he himself is, is oppressed. He's saying I'm doing this on behalf of people who are oppressed and it will have some personal cost to him potentially if you look at the backlash that he's gotten and if he gets cut by the 49ers I don't know that he's done himself a favor to get signed by another team other teams might think oh is this going to be a political animal that we don't want to deal with um, you know what I mean so I think he yeah, did take me, a risk at some me. level and who's to say he isn't going to now do X Y and Z to support these causes right yeah. let me read a, a quote from him addressing that very point. Um, he says, this stand wasn't because I feel like I'm being put down in any way. Mm. At this point, I've been blessed to be able to get this far, and I have the privilege of being in the NFL, making the kind of money that I make, and enjoying luxuries. But I can't look in the mirror and see other people dying in the street that should have the same opportunities that I've had and say, you know what, I can live with myself. So I think he's, I think he's gotten to a point where all these things that are that are happening um, have gotten to his conscience, and and he's saying, you know, here I am, you know, multi-millionaire many times over, I'm, I'm playing in a game that only very few people really succeed in, um, but this this is something that is real and happening. How can I lend my voice to this? Mm -hmm. You know, how can I lend my voice to this? And He's found a way that, that, yes, that I think he intentionally knows that will garner attention to him and the cause, and not him in a, again, egotistical way, but in order for him to be heard, the mic's got to be on him. And, and the mic's definitely on him now because he's doing this, and he says he will continue to do it. But isn't that what we expect of people like, like that, the people that do make it really successful to use their position and power to help others? That, that's, how, that's what he's doing. Well, yeah. Um, well, the question then becomes like, you know, how much is he really helping? I'll play devil's advocate for, for a second here. How much is he really helping by drawing attention to a cause that already so much attention is being called to? He's in, he isn't... He isn't saying anything we haven't heard before, haven't seen before, haven't made attempts to address before. It's not a novel concept. So, so how much is he really helping? Is 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 a is a because every step helps, Ogan. I mean, you know well, that. But I've heard people say he's hurting more than he's helping. Why? Because they're saying people are not focused on the issues he's talking about. They're focused on him. Well, right. that, that's what people do, though. I mean, that's their. That's what they're going to do because they don't want to look at the issues. Well, I agree, and I think it's the typical response of if you don't like what someone has to say, you attack them Personally. rather than mm -hmm. exactly yeah. rather than address the issue they're talking about. You misdirect the attention onto the messenger, and I think that's you know I get that that's human nature, but it's to me it's not a valid response to what he's saying and doing. I don't think. Brian, I don't think that's human nature at all. No, to def no. to attack someone who. That's well, a, we, we that's do a, it. That's We're good at doing it. I I think it's I think it's a society, our world today. I I don't think that's society human nature. comprised of humans with a nature. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, fine. I'll give you that one. <laughs> and uh, and and now there's there's actually some speculation that there are other players who may be joining him, who may be doing this. Yes. Um, as as well, um, and I mean, what kind of what else are they gonna do? This is this is kind of like the only 
avenue they had, because let's be clear, they're not going to stop playing, because they're in the contract, they're making a lot of bread, um, and so 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 they're looking out for that aspect of themselves. I'll be interested to see what happens. Yeah. Wow, yeah. Other people stepping up. That In fact, my, my home state team, the Detroit Lions, issued a statement saying, we encourage everyone to stand during the national anthem, but we don't require it. There's not a team policy. So I like that they allowed players and said publicly, if, if, this is, if your conscience moves you to act a certain way, you have the freedom to do that, and you still have our support on our team. Because if you don't, it's kind of un-American. Like, that's the whole freedom of speech thing. Right. That is, that is the irony. That's the irony that, that Kareem pointed out. That oh, is the irony. Was it, it came... was it Voltaire who said, uh, you know, I'll disagree with you, but I'll die defending your right? You're right to, right to to have your point, yeah. Yeah. It came up at our at our discussion last night uh, at our pub the local pub theology that... Uh, it's it's ironic that uh, all these people who usually decry political correctness are now being politically correct about yeah. standing standing during the national anthem. It's what it suits you, yeah. It, it it is, and the very and the very fact that they can get online and <clears throat> troll him and insult him and degrade him in this way is exactly the same free speech that he's practicing um, as well. So. Yeah, I, I renew however, 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 we have a however. I, I understand there's a freedom of speech, but I I do have a problem. You have you have a freedom of speech. You have a, a freedom to say things and stand up, but the personal attacks like that's that's just pathetic to me. You know what well, I mean? Yeah, like, I I agree, but it's still it's still it's still freedom of speech. It's still one of your rights. I mean, it's you know freedom freedom the the right. To do something is can be used either, you know, well or poorly. Yeah. And there are people who use it poorly every second of the day. So, <laughs> uh, not much we can do about about those folk. You have the you have the uh, what is it? Do you remember on Shrek when he said I know cartoons? Um, Shrek says to Donkey, he said, "You have the right to remain silent. You just lack the capacity." And I I think I know a lot of people like that. Exactly. Nice, nice. Exactly. Well, uh, on Facebook, Mark says, I will say this much. Uh, he picked a public way to share his beliefs. Yep. So he didn't do this in private. You know, he took a stand and knew there'd be some... The, the boy ain't no fool. He knew what he was doing. He, he knew eventually people would notice. Public and peaceful, like I said. You know, he didn't stand there and burn the flag. Exactly. Ooh, don't give him ideas. I think that one is actually illegal. <laughs> ah, yeah, that one might. Uh, wow. I'm gonna look that up. I think I think flag burning is. Uh, yeah, check that out because uh, we need to know these things. Um, currently, flag burning is not illegal in the United States. The Supreme it's frowned Court upon. Of the States, <laughs> and it's exactly. Nine has ruled the burning of flags is protected by the First Amendment. However, the person who burnt the flag can be found guilty of a misdemeanor for starting a fire without a permit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, okay, so uh, apologies for the language here, but I was doing a quick search on uh, Facebook on hashtag Kaepernick, mm -hmm. and underneath uh, the three most popular searches after just hashtag Kaepernick were Kaepernick sucks, Kaepernick is a douche, and Kaepernick is a bitch. So let's just say a lot of people are not crazy about his action. No, they're not. No. They're the same people that want to turn a blind eye that the fact that this, this is the reality we live in. And this is the very value, this is the very freedom that the so-called, uh, the, the, the troops they're saying he's insulting are fighting for us to have. Oh, again, it has nothing to do with the troops. They're deflecting okay, the okay. issue. I, I am not saying, I am not saying it's about the troops. They are. But I'm saying that's that's the irony. That's the irony. And that is one of the major arguments or people are saying it's unconstitutional. Not un Yeah, it is unpatriotic, sorry, for him to not stand during the anthem. You know, it's, it's in poor form. It's and and in doing so, you're basically not um, supporting the people who fought for your freedoms. That's I mean that's I'm just sharing the argument. Yeah. 
that's that's put there. What else are we talking about tonight? I All right. So of, well, so I think yeah. a natural follow up is: Have you ever uh, protested anything? Uh, and what was it? Or would you? What might? What issue might get you to protest? And uh, maybe what would your faith inspire that at some level? And did Jesus ever protest anything? Um, I've I've been part of a handful of Black Lives Matter marches, um, and well done. Um, yes, I think Jesus did protest things again in his own way and through speech at a time when there was no freedom of speech, and and people people you know when we talk about why Jesus was crucified, it's because. He kind of like ran his mouth and stirred up trouble, which you don't do when Romans were your, what do you call it? The people who come and possess your country and take over and... Yeah, the, the, the <laughs> oppressor. <laughs> the oppressor. The conquerors. The, the conquerors, the colonizers. They, there you go. So the Romans the were... The invading empire. Exactly. And, and, you know, generally it's like, you know, pay your taxes and don't don't start any rebellions and stir up trouble. And, and Jesus said things that didn't directly speak against the Romans, but it spoke against, you know, the religious authorities of the time. And it's, you know, he started that. So I think in many ways he did, he did protest. He protested, you know, this is one interpretation, but he protested the fact that people were more interested in the letter of the law, not the spirit of the law. Kind of, I think, like what we're seeing here, even though the laws are being broken, um, I think this is kind of like the same situation. Hmm. What about you, Tina? Any uh, protesting history that we should be aware of? I don't have a protesting history. I'm a fairly passive person. Um, I don't know. Oh. I'm, you know, because I'm such a rebel too. So it's I'm just that quiet rebel kind of person. Um, her, if I, her rebellion is in writing because the pen is mightier than the Is it is, and you You're know welcome. what? I just saved you. You're welcome. He, Ogan's right. That I, I get it all out on paper, and um, but you know, and it's one of those things like I don't like to stir up conflict. So, I, I mean, I actually, I wrote up a pretty, pretty angry, serious post a few weeks ago, um, and I, I sent it off to be published. Um, and they haven't, you know, accepted it or anything, but that was a really big thing for me to, to like, put myself out like that. Um, but I would say my my biggest thing is, you guys have heard me say it a million times, that the gifts of women are not valued at the same level that the gifts of men are, and it really, really shows in this country, and it's so frustrating to me sometimes. Looking at these girls that get raped in private schools and in colleges, and the guys get off because they don't want to ruin their futures. Like I, it's it's horrifying to me. And That's um, horrifying. I have other um, little more personal that I won't talk about, but it's it's all in the same lines. It's all unfair justice systems, and yeah. I'm seeing it more and more, and it makes me not want to trust the legal system at all. Yeah. Yeah, we see it. We see it in pay inequalities as well. Mm -hmm. you know, we see it all over the place. Uh, um, just before we started here was. Um, watching some U.S. Open tennis, and you know Serena Williams was was dominating, and you know last year she she pointedly came out and said, "No, it's not fair that women are making less or are drawing." I think I think uh, <clears throat> I think many tennis associations have made changes, but for a long time women were not making the same as the male players, even though she was drawing bigger crowds. Mm -hmm. um, last year, I forget which which open it was or which tournament, but the women's sold out much quicker than the men's because, I believe it. because she was playing and, and other exactly. women were playing. And, yeah, we, we, we see that all the time. It's the same thing with actors, actresses, musicians. It's, it's the same thing. But. Yeah, I mean, it... it, it in in many ways, it's like you know what what happened to the merit the merit based aspects of things. Yes, yes, equalities. If 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 no matter if you're a male or female actor, if your movie sucks, you should not be getting paid. Oh, <laughs> easy. Yeah. What? How do you really feel about that, Ogan? <laughs> Seriously, 
like I think in many ways, I think you know, it's I'm going to get in trouble for this, but I think in many ways nobody should get paid for a movie until you know the box office returns. Has spoken. Has spoken. Or yeah. or they get a base salary like a normal human being, and then yeah. if the <laughs> and then you get like royalties, royalties, or, or, yeah. or, or something like that, depending on how much the movie makes. Because you know, if your movie sucks, I don't care if you're a male or female actor, you should not be making as much money as somebody for a movie that. But that again, they really have to does. be pretty. Yeah, Batman versus Superman. I'm talking to you. Okay, I was gonna say that they have to be pretty decent actors, or they wouldn't be in demand and making the money they're making. Listen, you know what I mean? they've, they've been excellent actors who've been in some really ridiculously dumb movies. Robert okay. Neal, talking to you. Of course. Okay. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I hear you, Ogan. I hear you. Bull Winkle, that's all I got to say. Ogan, I hear you, but every time you get up at that pulpit, are you a superstar? I mean, you have to have some sermons that you're like, ah, that wasn't my best. Have you seen my paycheck? You see my paycheck you would not be including me in that group, okay? That's all I There we go. Just there say. we go. We That's why you take the offering money. after the sermon. You gotta earn it. <laughs> not that I am not adequately compensated by a very generous spiritual community. Just in case. All, all I'm saying is we all have our bonds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's how to, we learn to to Nice save. <laughs> nice save. <laughs> congregations listening. You gotta be careful. Listening, and this is gonna be I'm on the agenda I'm next 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 meeting. So what have I you, been to any protests? Thanks for asking. I was just going to ask you. <laughs> cut you off. <sighs> uh, so uh, let's see. What have I? Not a lot, but I um, I've done some did some Occupy Wall Street protests. Um, sort of you know corporate um, corporate greed kind of uh, protests. Um, and I was able to go to the participate in the 50th uh, anniversary march on Washington for jobs and justice, nice. uh, which was really pretty, pretty cool thing to be a part of. To see the mall just packed with people and just you know, um, yeah, hear John Lewis and um, some pretty powerful folks. Uh, so I've done a little bit, but you know, I could probably do more. Uh, I could do more, in fact. And I, I do think this question of was Jesus, did Jesus protest, I find that as an interesting question. Because um, I think many who are sort of anti the idea of protesting are Christians who have an idea of Jesus, you know, as Son of God, second person of the Trinity, died for my sins. But they don't think about his human life and the institutions that he critiqued, which were the religious establishment, which was the empire's overreach on the lives of, you know, rural Palestine um, and Galileans, and, uh, you know, flipping over the tables, um, critiquing interpretations of the Torah. I mean, he did a number of things to piss a number of folks off. Uh, early in his ministry, Pharisees tip him off that Herod has people out looking for him because he he wants to kill him, you know, and later he's sort of handed over to Pilate, and we know what happens from there. Um, but I, so, I think, you know, I think I think protest against injustice was that was a big part of his ministry. Even though there were many, you know, maybe you see that as a critique. He also did some here are some positive things we should all do together as well. So they get a nice balance. But he he absolutely. So here's a, here's a great quote by Martin Luther King Jr. An individual who breaks a law that conscience tells him is unjust and who willingly accepts the penalty of imprisonment in order to arouse the conscience of the community over its injustice is in reality expressing the highest respect for the law. I love it. Boom. Very cool. I think that's Brian, exactly right. Brian, don't you think, though, if, if um, people focus... It, like the people you were talking about, the Christians that you you were talking about, that they focus more on the death. If they focused on the life of Jesus, they'd be more accountable. They'd be more responsible for their own. You know what I mean? Yeah, you would you would think so. And but you know, a number of I think it's a novel idea for many Christians to think of Jesus as a moral example, because they have him in this category of being a deity. Therefore, he was perfect. And so how can I compare myself to him? Like he, That's not the goal of the Christian life. It's, it's to believe the right things and go to heaven when I die. Um, 
but to live like Jesus, that's you know that's not always at the forefront. Um, but I think it absolutely should be. I mean, he to me he is one of the highest uh, exhibitions uh, or examples of what it is to be a compassionate, a loving, a forgiving an ideal human being. And so if we're not aspiring to be like that, we're missing out on, I think, a huge, maybe even central part of what it means to be a Christian. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think I think that ought to be on the table and it ought to be a part, uh, a substantive part of our conversations about faith and uh, ethics and, and so on. Um, so, you know, if Jesus could protest, I think... Uh, on the table for Christians, certainly. Peacefully. Peace. Oh, or, peacefully. Or off the table, or off the table after he appended them. What? Whoa! Off exactly. Table. Off the table. Oh. Table. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> Took me a second. And let's be clear: when he flipped the tables in the temple, that was a violent protest. Uh, yeah. Well, it, it, a violent demonstration, but. Peaceful in the sense that he was not harming human lives. Wait, wait, wait. didn't we go through this before with the whole whip thing? The whip thing. Yeah. Are we discussing? Yes, that was that was for show. That was like theatrics, man. That was not to injure and maim people. How do you know, Brian? You were not there. Cutting Jesus way too much slack. I'm cutting him a lot of slack, but I'm also giving him a lot of credit. If you know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so. Do you consider yourself, along these lines, more of a uh, person who is fueled, inspired, geared toward action, or someone who is fueled, geared toward contemplation? Mm. Or introspection, or you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's I'd, a tough I'd, call. Go I'd, ahead. Say, okay. I'd say I'm like 70-30. 70 introspection, contemplation, 30 action. Mm. Wow, I would have thought the opposite for you. You uh, obviously have not been watching me closely enough. Mm. I would have guessed <laughs> similar for you, and I think it's pretty similar for me, actually. Well, well, how, 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 well when you say action, what do you mean? Like, well, I, mean, I think you'd, you would think of... Um, Physical, you know, and are we setting up a bit of a dualism? Yes, but you're doing something physical. You're engaging um, in a, let's say, a ministry activity or a recreational activity or a constructive, you know, home projects sort of activity or a soup kitchen kind of activity or a social gathering. Whereas introspection, I would see more as reading, walking alone. Being in silence and meditation. Um, I'm sorry. I thought we were still in the context of protesting. I got. I got totally. Oh. What you're saying. So, yeah, you, so do no, you so agree I, with me now? So you you're just talking in general. I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah so. New yes. question. So seeing <laughs> protest as one of those potential actions. Okay. Right. Some people that comprises a huge part of how they express their values and their faith is protesting and those kinds of things. Other people tend toward. You know, I'm fueled by sort of balance, meditating, etc. Gotcha. But Give then I'd, I'd go 60-40 instead of 70-30. I mean, the the mo- most of for me, most of it is uh, introspection and contemplation, and you know, I do by the nature of my profession a fair amount of speaking and writing, and yeah. um, you know, nudging nudging people like they say the job of a minister is to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. So I, I, I do my fair share of afflicting. Um, so, yeah, I would I would go 60-40, though. There you go. There you go. How about you, Brian? I mean, it's hard to hard to know. I mean, you know, when you work for a living, you feel like, well, that's a, that's a fair bit of action. And so you're, you know, and you're parenting and um, those kinds of things. So I think our 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 Western way of life gears us toward being people of action, um, but I think in terms of how what fuels me, I would say probably more the contemplation. But that helps me be 
more grounded and, and better when I am acting, if that makes sense. Yeah, it, 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 it helps you make wiser action choices. Exactly. Well, and that's what I was thinking. My contemplation fuels my action. Yeah, and I think that's pretty, pretty common. Well, my contemplation uh, slows me down from acting inappropriately. Uh, well, we <laughs> didn't want to say. <laughs> uh, so there's that too, you know. But it, it but. Uh, okay, we can tell you have not been contemplating today. I was I, gonna say maybe you should go back to that seventy thirty split. <laughs> you try oh. No, but seriously, but but in the re, in regards of, and and you know to circle back to this Copernic thing, you know a lot of people are just responding to this without thinking, without stopping to take a breath. Did I say Copernicus? Uh, you said let's circle back to this Copernic thing, which is pretty close to circling back to Copernicus, which would have been appropriate since he talked about the rotation of the Earth. But I digress. Uh, you do more than digress, man. You just went like off the plateau. As you were. As I was. So to circle back to the Copernic situation, I'm sure if the, all of these people who are responding had taken just a moment to, you know, contemplate, think, Ooh. take a breath, yes. and really examine what he's trying to say, we would not have all this vitriol. Yes. But, but you know... Thanks. With thanks. an open heart, Hogan. That too. Yeah, with an open heart. So I have an idea for a new social media platform which requires you to at least take 10 minutes of introspection before you hit that post button. And otherwise, electric shocks. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> the only people on it would be the people that don't need it. <laughs> uh, too true. Too true. That, that is, that is it. true. But I think the anonymity of the internet has fueled this level of reactionism because people now feel entitled and permission, again, exercising their free speech, I'll give them that, to, to simply react, judge, share their opinions, uh, rather than really stop to think deeply about what they're saying and who they might be hurting, who may they be injuring, to get the full context of what you know they're trying to speak so authoritatively about. Right. Indeed. So a quote which sort of uh, inspired this question uh, was the someone who said, I left home and tried to live the life of a hermit, but I was still fighting myself. I went to England and worked as a chainman on the road. So I think this is a bit of a dated quote. And he says, it was better therapy. Building a two-mile road gave me internal peace and so that's someone who said I tried to live the life of a hermit didn't really work but then I built a two-mile road right I had to work on this road crew physical activity and yet that gave him internal peace and so I think you know that there's not a hard and fast line between action and contemplation and there's some forms of action I think which can actually calm you and, and nourish your inner spirit have you have either of you experienced that um, where did he go? Let, okay, let, let me say this because I'm, I'm reading this book, Tribe, and I think I mentioned it last week. Um, and I, I don't know if it's next necessarily the action that in building the two-mile road because he had to have help. I think it's community. And, you know, I've said it before. Like, I spent the last two years in virtual isolation, and I, I crave community now. Like, I want to help people. I want to get out there. I want to volunteer. And I did all this stuff before. But it has new meaning to me because I spent time in solitude. So I think you're right. They go hand in hand. Like you spend time in solitude and then you appreciate the community part of it more or the action part of it more. Yeah. True enough. True enough. Is that Have kind you ever of sad that it? you guys were my social life in the last year? <laughs> I was going to yeah. say this show has been yes. life-saving, right? <laughs> yeah. Right? You need to get out more. I, I am. I am. Yes, you are. <laughs> so, Ogan, have you ever built a two-mile stretch of road? Uh, I feel like I'm on an endless highway, personally. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Life is a highway. He went right to that. Yes. <laughs> so, what uh, is there something that you've ever made or built or created, work of art, that just was really satisfying and it was something which did sort of 
nourish you in a way? Um, so, so the one thing I can I can speak to was publishing a book, and um, just the in so many ways the fulfilling and ridiculous journey that that was. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> and it's it's interesting that you know I I had held the vision for publishing a book for a while, and then when the opportunity came, of course, it brings up every single doubt I've had about myself. Yes. So, so that happens. And then, you know, there were some times when, you know, you sit to write and there's writer's block, which even fuel the doubts. And then, uh, you know, arguments or, or, or rather um, lively discussions with publishers about what, you know, how, what they want to do with your work and you're saying n no. Um, so it was, it, it was really uh, a labor of love to, to get this book out and, and the journey it took. And then to release all expectations to what happened afterwards and the continual journey. I, I, I joked earlier, but truly, every few months when those royalty checks roll in for like a dollar forty nine, to look at them and not say to myself, Kior, this this was a failure and you are a failure because you get a royalty check for a dollar forty nine, right? So for me Right. You know, seeing that project through to its completion, um, and realizing that this would this is not the only book I'm gonna write, but this was proven to myself that I can I can do this, I can make it through this process, um, and and to continue writing for the love of writing, not for you know the money, which you know not 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 happening yet. Um, it may never happen, but I'm but I'm gonna keep gonna keep writing. Oh, by the way, you know it's a great a great uh, um, podcast to listen to. I'm gonna make other podcasts in this podcast. Um, Elizabeth Gilbert, who wrote Eat, Pray, Love, mm. uh, her 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 latest book from last year was called Big Magic. It's called Creative Living Beyond Fear. We're actually gonna do it as our fall book study at our church. But she also has a Big Magic podcast, and and I love listening to it because. Um, every episode, she calls someone who's stuck in some kind of like creative dilemma, who's having trouble, you know, building their road, and and she talks with them and also brings in, you know, someone famous from whatever field that person is working in, and and they have a discussion about it too, and and it's really great to hear from people who have made it that at some point they started in a place where they weren't making it either. And, mm. and what How do you get on that gig, Ogan? Had to go through, what now? How do you get on that gig? How to get on what gig? How to get on the show? show. Yeah. Uh, go to go to her website, I guess, and see and and you know, Big Magic and look it up and, and see. But um and I love it because she, she she swears like a pirate. It, it's, it's nice. I love it. We gotta reach out, man. She should get on the show. Ogan, uh, I wanna know when your second book's coming out. Um, right after it's written. Um, you got most of it written, don't you? Well Little blogs. Like Mozart, only in my head. Um, mm. so, so the second, so the second book I've realized is is you know about this grief process that I'm in. Well, I'm kind of still in it, and honestly, there will come. I mean, I'm not gonna really ever be done with it for yeah. for some really long time. So. Um, it, it, for me, it's going to become a case of when am I actually going to sit down and, you know, pull together the random pieces that I've got out there, filling the gaps in between them, realizing that in doing so, I'm kind of like entering into it all over again, mm -hmm. in another yeah. level. Yeah. And do I do I want to when when do I think I want to do that? Yeah, I hear you. You know, so so yeah. What about you, Brian? Um, well, I had a similar experience to Ogan uh, with writing, um, and I think even when I first started my blog over at pubtheologian.com, that felt like some of those same self-doubts that Ogan mentioned. You know, it's like, oh, I'm going to write something and put it out there, and not everybody's going to like it, or people are going to, you know, say, well, you're wrong about this or that. Uh, but it was satisfying to to start writing regularly then that way and um, and to see that for some people it was actually meaningful and nourishing to them and a part of their 
uh, journey, and um, that was that was really cool. And then that sort of later morphed into a book writing opportunity, which was also cool. Um, but yeah, I don't. I'm not really an artist or a construction kind of person, so ten, building things tends to happen more with words and ideas and sermons uh, than anything else. That that cracks me up coming from a guy who's built pub theology in so many different areas. <laughs> there you go. He got you, yeah. man. He got your number. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, it's also meaningful that the pub theology idea has taken off, uh, certainly, and that people are doing it all over the place. Uh, and we're doing a podcast. You know, that's probably the most satisfying part of it all. There you go. Good thing. <laughs> when, when are you coming up my way, dude? I, we're due for that, man. We got to make it happen. A little northeast uh, action. You you should you should. Uh, when are you when are you coming to DC next? Do you have that? Because I mean, you know, maybe November. Uh, let's a, talk. Let's it's talk. A, it's a short. It's either a really cheap short plane trip, like an hour and a half, or you know, a slightly more expensive, slightly longer train ride. Right. But you know, it would be fun. It'd be a lot of fun. We should do. We should do that. We should figure it out. Out. What about you, Tina? Um, well, you guys know I'm trying to publish a book, so I'd like you know I, I have that whole writing thing too. But as you're talking, I'm sitting there thinking, what has given me like um, the most pleasure in life, like using my gifts, is I I help small businesses. Like I I do graphic design and writing and um, office management for for small businesses and entrepreneurs and. I, and a lot of it I do for volunteer because that's just kind of who I am and I don't like getting money from people for things which is part of my problem but um, there's there, I've had no satisfaction like I've had when I give somebody something and they're like that's exactly what I needed to boost mm. me to the next level nice. and that's you know I, I love being that behind and, the scenes and person. that's exactly when you hand them the bill because they're in the euphoria that's 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 it. That's when it happens because they're so they're so in the oh my god. Logan, I need you to be my business manager. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, is everything. That's that's when you hand them the bill right there. <laughs> wow. Helping people. No, that's great. That's very cool. And yeah, there is satisfaction. I, I agree with you that there's satisfaction when something you did. Someone says that really helped me. I am now in a better place because of what you brought to me. That that's a pretty cool exactly. pretty cool thing. And there's no and there's 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 nothing wrong with giving of yourself and your gifts for free. Don't don't please don't hear me uh, say that. That's not what I'm saying. Oh I know. At the same time, you know, come on, don't don't undervalue yourself. Don't sell yourself short. Yeah, that's yeah. the other no, I hear you. But but Ogan, Ogan and I have had these talks before though, like Ogan, you're more in the flow of giving and receiving and prosperity than anyone I know. And and I, I feel like I am now too. Like um hey, that reminds me, did I ever did I ever send you that check for the stuff you did for me? I never did, did I? No, it's okay. Um, I feel bad oh. now. But I, but I feel like that too. Like I feel, I feel like I'm just in the flow. And when I need, I, when I need it, it appears. And like everything has just been falling into place and taken care of for me. So, yeah. I got, I got Including the check right that's in, on its right way. In, I know. Right. So I'm not calling up Ogan, going, "Where is that check?" <laughs> right in the check right now. There's, it's on public record, baby. But, but <laughs> I know, right? But, yeah, Tina, you should have. You should have called me up and said. Or sent me an email and said, "Hey." But um, I trust that it would arrive when it needed to. Well, you'd lucky be talking about it tonight. Otherwise, I would not have remembered. <laughs> mm, 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 mm. There it is. Well, hey, friends, we are. Are we talking about that in the after show? Yeah, yeah that's post show. We are approaching our hour. I'm wondering if there's any uh, any final thoughts on uh, protesting, on standing for the national anthem, on action versus contemplation, or anything else. Follow your heart. Stand up for what you believe in. Or, as it were, sit down for what you believe in. Ooh, boom. Well played, well, sir. Well played. There it is. There get, get a golf clap for that one. Get a golf clap for that one. <laughs> and I, you know, I think, look, what is pub theology about but having conversation 
where different perspectives are allowed to be at the table and it's okay that we disagree and so we may not agree about uh, you know how to create a flourishing society or we may not agree about how to use uh, the good things we've been given or how to use force in the world or peace or strength you know we may not agree on all these things but let's respect each other let's seek the common good as we're able and let's do it in a civilized respectful manner a minute for the beer that's a life motto right there it doesn't hurt if there's a pint involved I will echo that there you go <laughs> well thanks for tuning in friends uh, we ask that you would help connect us to uh, to your friends Please like us on Facebook, uh, spread the word through the Twitter sphere, Instagram, and listen anytime on SoundCloud, Stitcher, or iTunes. Twitter us, as Tina would say. Twitter us. <laughs> Twitter us. We would be a Twitter if you did that. <laughs> you could find a, there may well be a group of cool people like us hanging out, Ooh. having these kinds of conversations That's in your so. town. There's an official directory at pubtheology.com as well as resources to start your own. And again, thanks to our sponsor, Craft Beer Cellar. You can visit craftbeerseller.com for a location near you. We will be back next week. And for now, we are out. Can I send you a blank check? Do I trust you enough for that? Speaking of prosperity. It's now 3000 because the interest. All right, easy now. Wait, you're talking to me now? What did you say? It was more. I only meant in theory ask people for money.